What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Lauren Arbach. I'm telling you, you say it that way, and I always have to be like, is there something going on? Because it's always like, as always, right? As always. (laughs) (laughs) There's no coded message. There's no hidden meaning there. It's just... It's just an just intro I've, I've settled on for now. Time. Maybe I'll come yeah. up with a different one in 2022, which there is we go. only 17 days away. I know. Uh, it's but wild. Lauren, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's finally here. The fantasy playoffs are finally mm-hmm. here. Hopefully, uh, our listeners all got in. Uh, I got in by the skin of my teeth in a couple leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, it was another crazy week of, of football. Um, but you know, before we get into the recap, we're going to recap all the games. We're going to talk waiver wire for, uh, the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Um, but I did want to first touch on one topic that's come up this week, which is analytics. There's just all these people dunking on analytics. Like, do you understand this? Why, why are people so anti like information? What is this? Wait, what is this stemming from? I'm not sure. Is it just what like so, analytics so the, versus the gut Ravens calls in the Ravens sort of Browns game? Uh, mm-hmm. John Harbaugh opted to go for a two-point conversion when they were they were down they they were down 15 and they mm-hmm. scored and they went for a two-point conversion so if they had gotten it they would have been down seven if they didn't get it they were down nine mm-hmm. uh and like phil sims and like bill Keller and the cbs guys were mm-hmm. like dunking on him basically being like you know there's no reason for like the analytics doesn't make any sense. Like they never tell you why they just say analytics, analytics. And it's like, they do tell you why it's pretty. And, and, you know, honestly, that situation wasn't even really analytics because it was basically, it was, it was basically common sense. It's like, you need to know if you're going to need two more scores or one more score. So if you go for two at, at the front end, you find that out with enough time to do something about it. If you, mm-hmm go for one then you're going to have to go for two at the end of the game and you either get it or the game's over you know so it's Mm. like you need to give yourself as much information to work with as possible and and Harbaugh was asked about that in the press conference and he he answered the question he said Mm. exactly that you know and it makes perfect sense but I feel like these these people that they're like the old school crowd who like to Mm. just bash analytics and it's like no we can have a debate about it you know if you want to say like oh, the team will be more motivated to play if they still feel like they're only down one possession, so you risk kind of like mm-hmm. depressing their motivation. Let's mm-hmm. have that discussion. But like these people don't want to have a discussion. They just want to like slam analytics and be like, you got to do it the old the old school way. And it's just like, it's a totally like emotional argument without any sort of uh, reason to it. Well, and it's also one of those things, it's I feel like one of those calls where if um... – you know, the outcome turned out differently, then they wouldn't be like, well, like old man, like anti-analytics sort of thing. You know, it's just um, it kind of presented them with an opportunity to be like boo analytics. But I am all for analytics. Um, uh, you know, obviously, I feel like it bring it's just like another, you know, aspect, another way to kind of analyze the game and make your decisions. And it's, you know, of course, it's not, you know, nothing's 100 percent, but I do think it it you know, brings up like an aspect to the game that that is well worth paying attention to. And again, you know, you may not always come out with the outcome that that you think you will, but um, that 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 happens. That's 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 what this is about. You know, so um, mm-hmm. no, I had missed that altogether. Um, and uh, uh, you know, 
like I'll take it one step further. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, using reason is what makes us human. It's what separates us from the animal kingdom. Like we, you know, to like shun that and like try not to use reason and logic is insane because like the reality is, you know, I've been listening to uh, some philosophy podcasts lately and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, some existentialist stuff. And there's a lot of talk about how like, um, you know, our sense, our sensory perceptions um, can mislead us at times. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Descartes talked about that. So it's like, uh, you know, we can like optical illusions, right? Something might look one way to us, but it's actually different. So we need to understand what the, what the truth is. You know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. like, sometimes like if you don't use analytics, um, you're, you're purely relying on like, you know, how it seems at first glance. And sometimes it can be a little bit counterintuitive, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but the data helps us see through that and realize what we're at, what, what's actually the best strategy to win. And it's, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, if somebody wants to dispute the, the analytics, they have to at least understand the analytics first, you know, and I feel like these people make no effort to actually understand the analytics. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, like data is, is, is a tool. It's a tool to help you win. The guys who actually have their job on the line to win the games believe in the analytics, the ones who are good at their job, at least, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a reason they do because they're smart and they know they need to do everything they can to give their, their chance, their self a chance to win. Whereas like some former player who's on, you know, CBS getting to just say whatever comes up to their mind, you know, they're, they, they're probably just like, Oh, well, we didn't do that when I played, you know, but that's right. not, that's not logic or reason. That's just an, a gut in gut response to something. Right. And I think the thing with that um, kind of analytics is, you know, those coaches and stuff that rely on that, it's like they can they can pinpoint this and be like, well, this is, I can tell you exactly why I made this decision. And here it is. Now you can, you know, agree or disagree with that. But um, that's what the logic says. And that's why I went with that, you know, and yep. it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Um so yeah, it's interesting. I missed I missed that uh, the the old man CBS um, get off my lawn. <laughs> well, to be fair, players. that probably happens just about every week. But I, I feel like this week that was particularly okay. uh, oh. noteworthy. It that, stood out. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I'm just glad I got to mention Descartes on a fantasy football podcast. And do, you so don't ever want to put Descartes before Dayhorse, right? Oh, <laughs> that is that is phenomenal, Lauren. You you get the philosophy pun of the day award. There we go. You somehow worked in. Descartes in this and a Descartes pun. Boom. Oh, we we should just stop recording right now. I know. Drop <laughs> drop my mic. No, it's too it, expensive. Yep. I don't want it to break. Um, right. <laughs> all right. Let's hop into a recap of all of uh, the week uh, 14. I, I got to mm-hmm. check myself there because usually yeah. week 14 would have been the first week of the, the fantasy playoffs, but not this yep. year, not with not the extra year. game. Um, so week 14 mm-hmm. recap. Let's start uh, with the Thursday night game, as we always do. It was the Vikings defeating the Steelers, thirty-six to twenty-eight. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook. What can you say? He made a, a miraculously quick recovery from his uh, shoulder injury and he proceeded to rush for more yards than anybody has run for all season. So mm-hmm. uh, apparently, that shoulder harness uh, was working pretty well for him. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, you know, when we were talking last week, I think about the week 14 preview, um, and it looked like Dalvin Cook was returning. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't like this because you don't know, you know, what his usage will be like or if they'll limit him or maybe he's not 100%. Yeah, no, totally wrong. All of that was (laughs) out the window. You know, Dalvin Cook proceeds to rush for over like 200 yards and two touchdowns, and dude is back. You know, I mean, he's he's fine and... um, 
you should never doubt Delvin, Delvin Cook. You know, if he says he's going to play and he's ready to play, he's going to play. Yep, and poor Alexander Madison goes right back to obscurity, yeah. and now he's on the COVID list too to add in, in to add uh, illness to insult. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like you know, they signed Wayne Gallman. I guess he's like yeah. the temporary handcuff, but you know, uh, Dalvin Cook. It's a very simple situation when he's mm-hmm. healthy, even when he's playing through uh, an injury like this. He's the bell cow, and he's one of the best backs in the league. Yep. I think you both, we both. Bumped him up to what number two behind well, Jonathan two or Taylor yeah. or number three, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. In our rest of season rankings up at rosrankings.com, mm-hmm. plug plug. Thank so uh, yeah, it's just it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know KJ Osborne was the one mm-hmm. who hit more yeah. than Tyler Conklin in terms yeah. of the uh, the fill-ins for Adam Thielen um, mm-hmm. or the guys who would step up in Thielen's absence. I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, you know, Osborne caught a long. 62 yard uh touchdown pass to make his fantasy managers who plug and played him very happy Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's what we were looking out for um and i think osborne just stepped up and you know conklin i think uh had two targets for 20 yards so he didn't really do much there but um yeah, it was. I think Cook and Osborne are the, the big kind of takeaways from this game on and, the Minnesota side. Yeah, yeah, and Justin Jefferson had maybe the most disappointing seven catch, seventy nine yard in a touchdown day because he <laughs> yeah. could have had like three other touchdowns right. that were just missed, basically. Yeah, yeah. How about on the Pittsburgh side? I know the Oof. big takeaway was uh, about. I mean, this isn't fantasy really, but Chase Claypool. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he had a very think, interesting yeah. game. I mean, he ended up with some decent fantasy numbers, but. Um, you know, he had a, a near fumble. Uh, he got a penalty for poking his finger in, in a, the opposing player's helmet. And then at the very end, he does a little celebration when the team's in hurry up mode trying to come back at the end of the game. Um, it, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, his snaps have been kind of uh, up and down lately, maybe because he's playing through injury a, a little bit. But um, it's, I, I still feel like there's a ton of upside with Claypool, but this is kind of this this uh, it's not off the field stuff it's on the field stuff but it's not mm-hmm. it's it's lack of focus maybe and maybe that's part of the reason that he is sort of boomer bust as a fantasy asset do you think so yeah i don't you know i don't know if it's just uh general frustration or maybe i don't want to say like you know immaturity like i don't want to say that but it's just like you know it's like come on like you know i think that i think that um was he benched for a little bit too, a couple times during the game because of of some of this on field stuff. He might stuff. have been, yeah. Um, and it's that's stuff that you know you may be frustrated, but it's stuff that affects your team, you know. And this game was not a good one for for the Steelers. And uh, you know, Big Ben was getting all frustrated. He was sacked five times. I, I don't. I think it was just kind of this big ball of frustration for Pittsburgh and this team. You know, it just looks it's. I think you've made this reference before where it's just like kind of one of it's like an older team that really hasn't been like maybe maintained mm-hmm. really well. You know, I mean, there are yep. there are guys on here like, you know, Deontay Johnson, who, who's great and, you know, Najee Harris. But, you know, we've talked about how how Harris has kind of been, you know, his fantasy uh, value has been capped uh, to a degree this season just because this team is, you know, I don't know. Something looks a little bit off with this team, and maybe it was just this end of year frustration and, you know, emotions getting the best of him. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think this is the team that needs some sort of um, overhaul, perhaps. I mean, the mm-hmm. defense is not nearly what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roethlisberger is clearly at the, the, you know, he he said last week that this is probably his last year in right. Pittsburgh. 
um, the writings on the wall there. Uh, so that, you know, they, they, instead of addressing their offensive line, they drafted a running back in the first round and, you know, Najee Harris is a great player, but that's not going to solve everything for you. So yeah, there's a lot of work for the team to do, but I will say Roethlisberger ended up with some pretty good fantasy numbers in this game. Mm-hmm. And that's been a common theme of late with him. And we'll talk about him in the waiver wire. I mean, it seems to me like, um, you know, the thing that works for him is this kind of hurry up offense, uh, a lot of sh- quick passes, um, you know, because, you know, he doesn't have the arm strength that he used to have, but uh, he's still got all the cerebral stuff. You know, he knows the game really well. So mm-hmm. when when it's like this quick get up to the line, call the play, make make plays, he gets in a groove where it's like mm-hmm. it's kind of like he hops in a time machine and goes back 10 years. You know, <laughs> it's like it seems to work really well for him yeah. in this offense. So um, that's that's been paying off for fantasy um, lately, even though uh, there's a lot of problems, obviously, with the, yeah. with this team. All right, moving on to uh, the Sunday games. We'll start with, uh, we talked a little bit already about this Browns-Ravens game. Uh, the Browns hold on to win 24-22, to and hold on is really the operative word because mm-hmm. they were up big in this game, 24-6, uh, to and Lamar Jackson gets hurt. It seems like the game's definitely over, right? And not so fast. Uh, Tyler Huntley comes in, gets mm-hmm. this offense moving, and th- they had a chance right up to the very end of this game, but... Um, but the Browns do just barely hold on. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, I think Lamar Jackson and his ankle injury, it looks like it's not super serious, and I think that he's, I mean, he, I think, avoided a uh, high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. um, and I think that he has gone on record saying he's playing this week. Um, but, you know, I do wonder, you know, you know if at all how that, um, you know, will affect his his value and his, you know, how he operates, you know, this week uh, for yeah. 15. So. It, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And it's it's obviously like not at a good, an inopportune time for fantasy managers. Um, but, you know, here we are with, with this, this ankle injury. With yeah, I mean, an ankle injury is much more concerning for a player like Lamar Jackson yeah. than it would be for like a Matthew Stafford or something mm-hmm. like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, like mobility is really the key uh, mm-hmm. to Jackson's fantasy value. So, yeah. um, you know, if he's just sort of, not running like he normally does. I mean, it's been kind of uh, a frustrating month or month and a half for Lamar Jackson anyway, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for his fantasy managers. I mean, he has not been having those boom games um, lately that people have come to expect from Lamar Jackson. So Mm -hmm. um, you add an ankle injury onto that, and it's a pretty big concern. You know, I think – I believe they they go up against the Packers next week. That's not an easy matchup. So Mm -hmm. even if Lamar Jackson does get cleared for this game, unless, like, we get some really – you know, bright reports about him being a hundred percent and it, you know, really not bothering him at all. Uh, I'm going to have to, I think downgrade him in my rankings uh, for the first week of the playoffs. Yeah. I think you have to, you know, I mean, we know kind of who he is and I mean, we've talked about how he's been up and down a little bit um, in general this season, but yeah, this, you know, adding an ankle injury to a mobile quarterback is not a good thing. And like I said, you know, kind of going into, you know, week 15 here, um, it's not ideal. So, yeah. and you know, I don't know if it's something if that that means they lean more on you know a Devonta Freeman, uh, who's kind of really. I think this is also a takeaway. He's he's clearly become this lead back in this offense, and um, 
I feel it has been, you know, murky for much of the season. But, um, you know, he's really t- kind of taken over, and he's also involved in the passing game. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's you see a heavier dose of, of Devonta Freeman next week. Yeah, know. it could be. I mean, he's yeah. definitely – his arrow has been pointing up. But mm-hmm. I do worry uh, – I mean, Tyler Huntley looked good in this game. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. – you know, he actually made some passing plays that we haven't seen from Jackson lately. So mm-hmm. maybe he shot a little boost of life into the offense. But I, I wonder if, you know, it's one of those situations where if a team has – a week to game plan for him. Um, mm. Some of those warts could could show up that didn't show up in this game, you know. Yeah. Are you buying the uh, the Rashad, Rashad Bateman sighting? Well, the- so the the thing about that is that um, Sammy Watkins actually got banged up in this game, yeah. um, which is why he like barely played in the second half of this of this game. Uh, so Bateman, <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that Bateman is a far superior player to Sammy Watkins, but mm-hmm. um, the Ravens seem to, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, defer to the veteran, um, you know, and uh, that could still happen again. So it, I'd feel a lot more confident in Bateman if we find out that, that Watkins is not, not going to play. Um, mm-hmm. If Watkins is active, then I think it becomes a little bit more of a risk-reward kind of situation with mm-hmm. Bateman. Yeah, and then also like, do you want to start Bateman if Tyler Huntley is a quarterback? I, yeah. I would, I, I'd be a little cautious there as well. Yeah, I still I think would be cautious about Bateman in general, but yeah. it, you know, I mean, we just I think been talking about how I think his kind of fantasy is like no, kind of avoid, 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 and then um, you know he goes off for like 103 yards. Yeah, um, well, but I still don't, going into the playoffs. I mean, you want to be able to trust who you're putting in your lineups as as much as you can. I still don't trust kind of. A, ro- a role with Rashad Bateman on this team. Yeah, right we'll, we'll we'll cover him a little more in the waiver mm-hmm. wire section so people can hear how we would rel- value him relative to some mm-hmm. other waiver wire uh, receivers out there. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. All right, on the Cleveland side, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. got hurt again, uh, and he's week to week now. So, uh, you know, Nick Chubb dominated touches in this game. I do think Dearness Johnson though could be a factor going mm-hmm. forward with with Hunt out. I don't. I just don't think Cleveland typically, um, you know, relies on one back alone. They like to they like to rotate two guys in there. So um, I think Dearness Johnson is an interesting pickup uh, who we can talk about in the waiver mm-hmm. wire. Um, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones pops off for a big game, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll have to talk about him as well. I mean, yeah. what are your what are your big takeaways? I know you were in on Austin Hooper, and he did find the end zone. Um, so we we were yeah. both in on him to be yeah. fair, but you were first. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kudos there. Um, yeah, thank you. No, I think that, that, I mean, that's just a thing. And I, I would, and again, we can talk about this also in the waiver wire, but, um, you know, if, you know, if you have Najoku and uh, Harrison Bryan out, I would also be, again, in on Hooper again, because there just isn't a lot of passing options in this offense. But yeah, I do think that kind of a takeaway, though, is his hunt injury. He was able to come back and now he's he's out again. And I think he's definitely going to be out this week, I, I think I read. Um, so yeah, to Ernest Johnson, um you know, becomes an interesting play. I believe they uh, play the Raiders uh, this week. Yeah, so. and it's on Saturday too, so oh, yeah, one, yeah. Oh, one yeah, less Saturday day for Hunt to get back. So right. I think that's why Stefanski was like, "Yeah, on a short week, it's it's yeah. probably not going to happen." Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't have like a super super major takeaways from this one regarding Cleveland. Well, it just kind of says something about says something about the Browns that they they have so many players that are like in the waiver wire discussion. It's like. They're interesting, but they're not slam dunks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's that's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, the mm-hmm. Titans blank the Jaguars twenty to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, 
I have to talk about the Jaguars first. <laughs> I mean, this is just a freaking dumpster fire, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. You didn't think it could get worse, and I was like, what? <laughs> like reading the Robinson lie, I was like, "Oh, God. like if you if you have Trevor Lawrence or James Robinson in dynasty league or a keeper league, you're just hoping and praying every day that Urban Meyer will get fired because he is just <laughs> completely ruining these players. I mean, Robinson at least I could see you know popping off somewhere else next season and being great. Trevor Lawrence, this is really like ruining. Like I don't think his, he can survive another year of of urban Meyer next season. Like uh, hopefully that he doesn't have to do that because I mean, this guy has a ton of natural ability, but a quarterback really needs to be coached up and, and yeah. he's been anything but coached up this season. It's been really amazing. I, yeah. I didn't think that this could get any worse and it's, it was just, you can, and you can't rely on any of these guys. I think we talked about this last week where it was like, yeah, you, you, you play Robinson, but at this point, who knows what, you know, Urban Meyer is going to throw. You can't be super confident about it. But then it just was an all-time low, you know, last week, and it's just moving forward. But what's always interesting, though, I mean, they get Houston and they get the Jets. Those are, you know, that's Jacksonville's schedule. And so it's like, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the week, but you still are putting Robinson in there, but you just have no idea what you're going to get, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, I think, right, you have matchups. to play him. You have to yeah. play him. But, yeah, I mean, six carries for four yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it's shocking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's shocking that they ran the ball a total of seven times in this game. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Yeah, no. <sighs> Should we move? I, I don't know what to say either. You know, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 <laughs> funny because it, like generally speaking, my advice to people in the fantasy playoffs is like, don't invest in terrible teams. Like, don't mm-hmm. rely on these terrible <laughs> players. But like. Um, you know, James Robinson is kind of an exception to that. I mean, I think he's a very good player and he should be a bell cow in this offense. Um, so, and, and like you said, he's got the best possible matchups the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So it's going to be really hard to, to avoid. I mean, you know, even teams like the jets, like have been able to, um, turn players like Elijah Moore and Michael mm-hmm. Carter into interesting fantasy players. Yeah. Like the Jaguars have, have not been able to do that. It's crazy. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're trending towards like Houston in terms of like just steer clear of everybody. But mm-hmm. I do think Robinson still, we have to stick with him at this point. I, yeah, I think so. And I just quickly, cause it isn't really like a major fantasy point, but it's like, it's, you know, and you've talked about this about, you know, Urban Meyer and just being like thinking that he's kind of, he wants people to think he's the smartest guy in the room. It's almost like he digs in deeper. Like, even though it's like, you know, last week, you know, we were saying, okay, well, maybe he realized that he should have been playing Robinson a little bit more. Maybe we'll see a little bit more Robinson, you know, in, in week 14 and, it's just like he just digs in deeper to be like, Mm-mm. like it's. I don't know if it's like his pride. I have no idea what's going on, but it's just like the the management and the usage of of these players. It's mind boggling. Yeah. And yeah, for fantasy purposes, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you want to play Robinson, but it's just like you cannot be confident in anyone here, um, and it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, Meyer is definitely one of those people that is never going to admit that they're wrong about anything. Mm-hmm. So take that yeah. for what it is. Well, I feel yeah, we we could probably talk about that for a while. I know. We could have I a whole like we, should, we could have a whole episode of ranting about this here. dumpster fire of the Jaguars. Um, <laughs> would you would you 
what's, what's your kind of takeaways from on the Tennessee side? I mean, this team is like fast becoming a team where you don't want to start anybody yeah. also. I mean, it's yeah. like, it, where is the fantasy value here? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it would be Deonta Foreman because he is the, the clear lead back um, at this point. I mean, they, he, he does bring a little bit of a different skill set. He's more of a bruiser than... Dontrell Hilliard and Jeremy McNichols. Um, so it does seem like Foreman, at least in games where they're playing with a lead like this one, mm-hmm. um, they'll probably lean on him in terms of the running game and, and certainly at the goal line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, McNichols being back was was rough news for Hilliard. I mean, they, they just really split right. stuff pretty evenly as the backup behind Foreman. So uh, I, I think, you know, you can you can put Hilliard back on the waiver wire after this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Julio Jones was like limited in his number of snaps, so um, it's not surprising he kind of disappointed. And you know Westbrook Akina um, played more because of that, but didn't do a whole lot. It's just I, I, I I'm kind of shying away from this passing game at this point, Same. unless AJ Brown makes it back, and even then it's going to be very hard to know exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> Yeah, same. I mean, it's like no pass catcher had more than 45 yards, and that was Jeff Swaim. And so it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just, and even Ryan Tannehill, you know, I know he'll give you, you know, like a rushing touchdown, but it's like at a certain point, it's just like he's, everyone, everyone's fantasy value on this team, you're either un, you're not excited about it, or it's just they've, they've tanked this, this uh, season. So this is another avoid. It's, it's a slightly less avoid than Jacksonville, but it's still an avoid in general, I think, for fantasy yeah. purposes. And- um, it did come out that Derrick Henry is trying is targeting a January return. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds though that we're looking at like week 18 uh, uh, or the yeah. first week of the playoffs. So um, it's probably not going to come through for fantasy managers. Mm-hmm. But I have uh, I have Derrick Henry in one uh, league in a redraft league, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm holding on to him in an IR spot because. Um, I just think the upside is so massive that like right. it's worth it, even if the chance is like one percent. I mean, like he was literally the best player in fantasy before he got hurt. Um, so the idea that you could potentially get him back in week seventeen for the fantasy championship, if you're a play, if you're in like the situation I'm in, I have a buy in week fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him on the IR, so it's not costing me a roster spot. I'm just going to hold him and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, the Chiefs demolished the Raiders, Raiders. forty-eight to nine. Um, This game was incredibly frustrating for me as someone who is heavily invested in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It's just like, how how did the Chiefs score forty-eight points and those guys don't score? I mean, like, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, You know, I mean, it's like the Chiefs were better in this game. Mahomes was better in this game, but it's still not like that vintage Mahomes performance that you're looking for, really. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this. It's like, it's as if something's a a little bit off, even though, yeah, it's, it's like this, this score is very kind of deceptive, right? I mean, yeah, it was like a defensive touchdown. Yeah. yeah. It was like the end. So it's, yeah. I think if you see that score, you expect kind of in the, in the box score, usual, like big days for Hill, Kelsey, whatnot. But, you know, I mean, Kelsey has been held to 27 yards for the past, in each of the past two games, you know, and you're just seeing, we've talked about this kind of this, you know, I think from Mahomes kind of being a little bit off that it's just trickled down to kind of the the star players on this, on this team. You still, again, you still put these players in your lineups this week and through the, through the playoffs, but um, you know, there's a little less confidence in them. 
Yeah. Which yeah. I feel like seems to be the, the theme so far going through these games. <laughs> I know. I, it's like yeah. I somehow snuck into the playoffs on the team where I have Tyreek and, and Kelsey as my mm-hmm. building blocks. I mean, McCaffrey mm-hmm. was my other one. So <laughs> it's it could be worse, I guess. But, um, yeah. you know, it's it, yeah, it's like you have to stick with them. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that they suddenly wake up just in time for the fantasy playoffs. I mean, that's really yeah. all you can hope if you have these guys. Um, yeah. You know, I used to – it's like – I, now I watch all the games live, so it's different. But I used to, you know, back in my early fantasy days, um, sometimes, you know, just see the score and then go and look at the stats. And it's like that. this would have been a huge disappointment if I did that, to, like, yeah. have Kelsey and Hill see the Chiefs get 48 points and excitedly look at the box score and then be like, ugh. <laughs> and it's like, wah, wah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So there's an argument for watching all the games live on yeah. the NFL Sunday ticket. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Raiders side, I mean, it was it was pretty like, gross. I mean, yeah. Hunter Renfro is amazing. He continues mm-hmm. to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Hunter Renfro being amazing has not really translated to the Raiders being good. Amazing. I mean, the, like, their offense is struggling overall yeah. pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Derek Carr has really taken a huge step back since early mm-hmm. in the season when he was putting up big numbers. Um, I I was very disappointed in Josh Jacobs in this game, although the passing down work, the pass catching work was still really good and encouraging for Jacobs. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm really going to downgrade Jacobs um, going forward based on this. Uh, I, I think like his usage is promising, but this is just a game where you know it, it really got away from them. I mean, Derek Carr ended up throwing 45 times, know. and you know they only ran the ball like 11 times. So you know things like that. That's not what the Raiders want to do. That's probably not what they're usually going to do. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sweat the Jacobs line too much. I do think game script kind of made you know made running a little bit irrelevant. And again, you know, he's he is. You talked about kind of his arrows being up a little bit uh, in terms of this is now kind of a, a three down back who's active. Uh, you know, in both a rushing and passing game. And I think that that will. Um, I think you you can be confident in that moving forward with with Josh Jacobs. But yeah, you know, it's it's Renfro. I think they've struggled also a little bit without uh, Darren Waller. Um, So uh, but outside of that, I don't you know, I don't have a lot of I don't have much to say. about. Yeah, I mean, they were struggling. I mean, even Waller, though, was not really. Yeah, no, he wasn't having a vintage Waller season or anything. But I think that there's probably, you know, there's a difference between Waller and Moreau. um, Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, there's a drop off. Absolutely. All right, uh, the Saints, as uh, n- not really surprising that they stomp all over the Jets, 30-9. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I-, I loved Taysom Hill going into this mm-hmm. matchup, and he ended up with huge fantasy numbers. It, he made you sweat a little bit, though, if you had him. I mean, it was he got this really long touchdown run at the very end of the game. Uh, that kind of was like a a little bit of a, a miracle for his fantasy managers. I mean, they already were in control and going to win the game anyway. And uh, that was like pretty much a garbage time touchdown for, yeah. for Hill. And that that's what vaulted his fantasy. I mean, it was like a 50-yard touchdown run. So mm-hmm. that's really what vaulted his fantasy numbers into like top five territory. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is the kind of stuff that can happen with Taysom Hill. I mean, he's yeah. always one play away from huge fantasy numbers. So, um, yeah. you know, that's why he's in every week QB1, really. Yeah, I mean, he he always has that that upside in his back pocket, you know, and it it can get like pulled out at, when you when you least expect it. And this was such a good game for him to to um, kind of have that upside too. And this is just really what the Saints are is 
you know, this reliance on, on the ground game. And, you know, you know, Camaro is back and he had a great day. I think he had 120 yards and a touchdown. Yep. And this is just how I kind of expected this team to operate uh, this week. Um, yeah, I know we're doing recap, but, you know, looking forward, they're, they're playing the uh, Buccaneers this week. And I'm kind of curious to actually see how that plays out. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I feel like they're going to have to be a I, – I don't know. Anyway, we can talk about that later. But Yeah, I might um, have to choose between Taysom Hill and Lamar Jackson in a playoff matchup. And that's oh, wait, who did be... you actually end up choosing between uh, – you were up in the air about Hill and Mahomes. Yeah, I week. ended up playing Mahomes. Uh, I just okay. Well, so in, in a di- I had Hill going in a different league, and they were both uh-huh. must-win matchups. So I just decided to like diversify my portfolio, if that makes okay. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. But I did have Hill ranked higher than uh, Mahomes, mm-hmm. and that ended up being the right call at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um, Jet side, I mean, yep. ugh. <laughs> it's really bad. I mean, it's just really, really bad. I know some people were like talking themselves into Zach Wilson in this matchup because mm-hmm. the Saints had been pretty bad against the pass this year but um they also did get gardner johnson back this week which was an upgrade for their pass defense and mm-hmm. bigger picture you just i mean you just can't rely on zach wilson i mean especially with elijah moore out too it's like mm-hmm. they did not have i mean Corey davis is done for the year elijah moore's on ir mm-hmm. they do not have anything to fear at pass catcher i mean it's a bunch of like slot guys jameson mm-hmm. crowder braxton barrios mm-hmm. you know keelan cole types these guys are not going to put fear in opposing defenses and uh you know michael carter could be back this next week which mm-hmm. maybe breathes a little life into this offense but um it's still pretty ugly in new york yeah yeah i mean i feel like it kind of went from like it's not bad to worse but i just think that elijah moore was a bright spot one of the one of the few bright spots on this team and um you know i was kind of disappointed to see him move to uh, to the IR. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you want to be targeting, you know, fantasy for fantasy purposes, you know, slot guys on the jets? Probably no, not. No. You know, I almost into the playoffs. So, yeah. No. I was like desperate in one league and I started <laughs> considering Crowder just cause I'm like with Davis and more out, is he going to mm-hmm. get like 15 targets? And I was just like, ultimately I'm not, I'm not putting that faith in a must win matchup on Zach Wilson. And it ended up being the right call. I did. I pick. I actually did the same. I actually picked him up because I was like, "Wow, now it's 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 Crowder's role, right?" And it's just like, "Yeah, no, it's not." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, but it's not. It doesn't matter for, for fantasy purposes. Well, and there's still like it, I was. The other thing I realized is, is like it's just as it's just as likely if anyone has a big game that it could be a Keelan Cole or a Braxton Berrios. Right. It's like going to be unpredictable, and it's at most going to be one guy. So right, deciphering between those three for the amount of juice that you ultimately will get out of them is probably not worth it. Yeah. I thought even it might've been Denzel Mims or something like just to like own, just to like, you know, fool fantasy managers or something. Yep. Um, All right. Let's move. Let's stop talking Mm -hmm. about the Jets. Uh, Dallas 27, Washington 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a big game in for the playoff hunt. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the Cowboys win the game, but Dak Prescott did not really look very good in this game. And it's, you know, that Washington defense has been getting a little bit better as the season's mm-hmm. gone along. But still, this should have, like, if, if this was the Dak we were expecting coming into the year, it, you know, you would expect him uh, to really light up that defense. And that didn't happen. I mean, he had all of his pass catchers healthy. No excuses. I mean, Tony Pollard was out, but um, there was really no reason Dak shouldn't have put up. Uh, good numbers in this game, but he had two picks and he could have honestly had one or two more based on uh, the inaccuracy of his throws in this game. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really think that, and it, the star of this game was the Dallas defense. And I know that 
doesn't always really help fantasy wise, but I, they just played, you know, lights out for, yeah. for most of the game. And, um, but yeah, in terms of kind of offense and fantasy, um, no, I think that you're, you're right. It was, um, it, it looked like it was a little bit difficult, you know, for, um, Prescott. And, um, I think, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. And then, you know, Zeke was essentially kind of splitting carries with Corey Clement in this one. And um, I think I felt like we would have seen a little bit more of Zeke, but I think it maybe speaks to just, you know, how his his knee injury is and um, how they're going to be using him moving forward. And it looks like Pollard will be back in this week, um, or at least they're saying they're, they're hopeful that he will be. And I don't know, I think maybe you'll just see more – it's gonna. I feel like it maybe will be more of a like a fifty-fifty split between the two of them. I don't know. I don't. I just don't think that his knee's right. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of like meh. Like yeah. I think that 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 defense was lights out, but offense was kind of meh. Even though they walked away with a win. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to get excited about Zeke or Pollard if they're splitting it fifty-fifty, and neither one of them is a hundred percent. You know, I mean, pa- Pollard's playing through a partially torn plantar fascia. Um, mm-hmm. yep. So, I mean, we did see Taysom Hill have that injury, and he, he was out for a few weeks, but then when he came back, he, he looked fine. So, mm-hmm. um, But it doesn't seem like Pollard's going to get quite as much rest as, as Hill got. So um, it could be a situation where he's a little bit limited in, um, but still playing, uh, in which yeah. case, you know, it's hard to fully trust either him or Zeke. I still feel, yeah, and I and I still feel in terms of kind of fantasy purposes, I don't really have any qualms about putting in, you know, Lamb, Cooper, even Michael Gallup. I think that um, these three now, I think, actually have squeezed Dalton Schultz really kind of out of, uh, off the, you know, kind of fantasy radar. Um, but, I, you know, those three, I still think that, you know, you can be confident in rolling out there, even if they may have, um, you know, kind of that volume between the three of them maybe spread around a little bit. Um, I still think that they're solid uh, whiteouts. Yeah, I think that's true. It would be nice to see some signs of life from Dak, though. I mean, like, yeah, it's you know, I, it's I I would just expect better from him um, than we yeah. than we've gotten the last month. Yeah. What about Washington? I mean, you know, like you said, the Dallas defense was the star of the game. So mm-hmm. uh, we saw that big time in terms of Washington getting shut yeah. down. I mean, I thought Antonio Gibson would have a, a really good game. I mean, he had been playing so well lately and getting so many carries. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, game script just got away from them in this game. They just they weren't able to run the ball uh, like they wanted to. And, um, you know, Gibson is a capable pass catcher, but... Um, we just have never really seen Washington use him that heavily in the passing game. And even mm-hmm. without J.D. McKissick in, uh, yeah, we didn't see true. that in this game either. And, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin, of course, gets hurt in this game and ends up putting up a goose egg for fantasy. Um, you know, I had already sort of shied away from McLaurin at, at this point because he's mm-hmm. just been disappointing for fantasy this entire season, really. I mean, he's had, like, I tweeted about it. He's had, like, a like four like huge games and every other game he hasn't even been like worthy of starting in a fantasy league so it's like uh it's been very feast or famine with him and it was definitely famine uh this week yeah and now he's he's he got a concussion in this one and it's just you know i don't know and i I also thought that their tight end usage was um mm. i mean and maybe this was because uh ricky seals jones was this was his first game back um, right coming off kind of a hip uh injury but uh you know bates ended up playing more 
more snaps and, and routes and um, ran more routes. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I feel like this, the volume, uh, kind of the pass volume in, in this offense has has just kind of been spread around a lot. And it's, not, and it's not like they have a ton, a ton of offense, but I think it's spread around enough that um, it really makes, I think, all of their uh, pass catchers, eh, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of moving forward. So, yeah, yeah including I, McLaurin, you know, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I did, McLaurin, for whatever reason, I mean, I, I was coming into the year very excited about him, and I was excited about right. seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick and him connecting, mm-hmm. and I, I was really curious how that was going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we never really got to see it. And yeah. t- Taylor Heineke, you know, th- he has his redeeming qualities. He he shows a lot of grit. You know, when mm-hmm. I picture ta- Taylor Heineke, I picture him diving for the pylon, reaching the ball out. That's like <laughs> Taylor Heineke. Yeah. But it's also like throwing, uh, airmailing a pass over the middle of the field that's easily intercepted is yeah. Taylor Heineke too. Yeah. And um, I just think, you know, the the it's the warts are showing up a little bit more for him and uh you know i have uh a lot of the philly defense in my leagues um coming up uh, they get washington twice in the next three mm-hmm. weeks and i think mm-hmm. uh they're a matchup that you can target um when you're streaming fantasy defenses yeah i think so all right uh the falcons 29 the packers 21 or the packers the falcons 29 the panthers <laughs> 21 uh what do you have to say about this one Oh, what do I have to say? You know, this is where you see kind of the cap, the the limit. Uh, I think on the Carolina side with Cam Newton. You know, um, you know he's benched again for a period of time in this one. This is his second game, and you know he has that rushing upside. Um, but again, like what we kind of talked about last week, not in the terms of say uh, a Taysom Hill where he can run off, like go off for for fifty yards, but he does get those goal line kind of rush looks. Yeah, um, and. It's just, you know, his his passing you know, kind of ability is, I don't know. It's just, I think, especially, I think moving forward with him, you really have to look at the matchups, but you can't be confident that he's not going to get pulled. And that's a major liability. You know, he may not even buff- start going forward. He may I mean, not. Now yeah. they're talking up Sam Darnold again. Oh, My no God. Way. Yes. <laughs> God. Yes. Well, you know, whomever it is, unfortunately, they, they're starting against Buffalo this week. And this is just avoid, avoid, avoid. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, I think that was a highlight for me. It's funny because it was such a feel-good story with Cam Newton coming mm-hmm. back to the Panthers. But we saw a full season of Cam Newton last year, and it wasn't. It wasn't great, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, he's clearly not the player that he used to be. I still think, like, if you like, like you said, if we knew that he was going to play a full game, just mm-hmm. based on that rushing ability, he's fantasy relevant. Um, but we don't know that. We mm-hmm. he may not start this week, and even if he does, like you said, he could easily be pulled. So, mm-hmm. I, I think he's like a trap. It's like mm-hmm. you, you probably mm-hmm. should just find somebody else to stream a quarterback at this point. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it and just be like, you know what, roll with someone that you know is going to be in there and uh, who may not, you know, present as much upside to a certain extent, but you have four quarters of that player. So, um, yeah, it's he's, I think, a liability, especially we are in playoff mode. So, yeah. avoid. Yeah. yeah. How about on the Atlanta side? Atlanta, they came away with the win in this one. You know, actually... 
I was surprised that Mike Davis got as kind of much play as he mm-hmm. has, but then I was looking. He's he's been kind of involved um, in the past uh, couple games. Um, really, ever since Patterson got hurt. I mean, yeah, he's, that's he's, true. He's played more yeah. snaps than Patterson mm-hmm. in all three games since Patterson's been back. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of an interesting move because normally I don't really uh, have him on my fantasy radar in terms of this team. You know, I always say it's kind of Patterson and, and Gage and Pitts. Um, and, you know, Mike Davis has kind of sneakily had some a good couple games. Uh, and, um, you know, you saw more of him in this, this week. So I was kind of surprised about that. Yeah, it, it is surprising. I mean, another thing that's surprising about it is how, how he and Patterson are being used. Because mm-hmm. it's like Patterson has somehow become like a, a between-the-tackles traditional like early down running back, which is not at all what you would think looking at him. I mean, he was a wide receiver in the league for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like he's not built like a running back. He's built like a wide receiver, Um, but they're using him like a running back. And uh, it sort of reminds me of how the the, um, Saints have started to use Kamara this season. Like it's, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, more like a traditional running back running between the tackles. Whereas Davis is the guy you thought would be that sort of like early down pounder. Uh, But he ends up... uh, being the one who gets six targets in this game and catching five passes. So uh, it's kind of, everything's flipped on its head a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, the, the the long and short of it is that, you know, you stick with Patterson obviously because of mm-hmm. his big playability. Yeah. He, he doesn't need to play 70, 80% of the snaps to deliver. Uh, but Davis has, yeah, I, I mean, we'll have to talk about him in the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's yeah. kind of poked his head back out uh, into that like RB three flex kind of conversation. I feel like he's kind of like, Hey guys, remember me? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I had sworn him off, but now I I have to reconsider again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same. All right. Seattle 33, Houston 13. Uh, I feel a little guilty about this one because I did say that I was not really buying Rashad Penny uh, (laughs) this week um, and he had a huge game. So I'll take the L on that one. Um, yeah. I mean, what you know, somebody asked me about it on Twitter, and what I said was, uh, you know, I, it's a great matchup. Um, I just felt like Penny has had four years to like prove he's a good player, and he's never done it. And I still felt like it was going to be a committee and you know, an unpredictable one which way mm-hmm. Pete Carroll would go. But he did kind of indicate he'd go with the hot hand, and Penny was the hot hand. And mm-hmm. against a team like Houston, that can take you a long way. Right. Um, I, I personally think it could be a trap thinking Penny is going to be like an RB2 the rest of the way because mm-hmm. he's not going to get game scripts like this. He's not going to get soft defenses like this the rest of the season. So um, so I think you have to keep that in mind. But he's obviously a must-add player at this point if he's still on the waiver wire. Yeah, I think so. It's still, you know, I mean, it's still, I, I, it's still a head-scratcher, that backfield. And I was kind of with you in terms of just – you know, you're not thrilled about this. And if you can't avoid it, you should avoid it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think this seemed like an outlier, but it was a very favorable matchup. And, um, you know, they just continued to rely on him. So I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, yes, pay attention, but no, don't necessarily, like you said, kind of assume that this is this is the the guy in 15, week 15, 16, or 17. Because I don't know. We'll, ha- we'll have to see what happens next week, I think. Yeah. I mean, he also had a couple really long runs that inflated his numbers. And those are the kind of plays you can break off against a team like Houston that you might not be able to yeah, uh, against better defenses. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say on the well, Houston side? I mean, well, oh. just real back, real quick on uh-huh. Seattle. I think you and I are both on the same page on this. The Tyler Lockett has sort of... Mm-hmm. Um, 
he may he's maybe even stepped ahead of DK Metcalf at this point in terms oh, yeah. of fantasy value, just because I don't know why for whatever yeah. reason Russell Wilson just. We always knew he had a great connection with Tyler Lockett. He always has. But um, I feel like it's more like his his connection with DK Metcalf has kind of declined a little bit for some reason. So, um, it, you know, he still seems to have a great rapport with Lockett right now and not so much with Metcalf. And that, that makes Lockett um, a, the guy I feel a little more confident about in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I have completely dropped DK Metcalf in my rankings I just it's one of these things where we're looking at like five weeks now with with Russell Wilson back and yes he's getting targets um but in terms of of yardage um you know he's had one game with 60 receiving yards and that's that's like the most that he's had you know a lot of his uh you know receiving totals are in like 30s and 20s you know 26 31 13 60 and 43 and uh, not of course there's no scoring there as well and I just mm, like you know it's tough because I think going into the playoffs you would say you would still you would put Metcalf in would you, right well I feel like it's like a similar thing to what we were talking about with like you know those Chiefs or something like that it's kind of like uh, do you are you really going to have a better <laughs> option than DK Metcalf I mean you know if you're starting three wide receivers are you going to have three guys you'd rather start than Metcalf I mean maybe you do if you have a really strong team um but you know I can't really I don't know I just feel like he's he's got so much upside like he's at the very least he's still like in that Mike Williams kind of range of wide receivers I couldn't drop him lower than that because I know the the potential is always there for a huge game yeah I uh, I don't know I guess you just kind of have to look and see what you know uh, kind of what what players you have but and, and I yes I know that there is upside there but um you know four out of the past five weeks well really even five weeks it's just like it's not inspiring and I you know it, there's a there's a point where it's just like well you know like you said is there some kind of miscommunication or lack of connection or whatever it is between Wilson and Metcalf I you know that could be a thing and I don't know why that wouldn't continue to carry over um, next week. Who does Seattle get this week? Do you know? Um, uh, I don't know offhand. I don't either. But, um, yeah, I don't, it's, I don't know. I guess you just kind of have to look at, at who, who your other options are, I guess. Yeah. I just, for me, it comes down to like, he's the kind of player that can have a great fantasy day just based on one big yeah. play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a, he's as physically gifted as like any receiver in the game. So. They get the Rams, uh, so oh. it's certainly not a great matchup. Although the Rams are not as bad a matchup as they would have been last season. Um, they've, they've. I will also have to see about Jalen Ramsey because yeah. he, uh, he was on the COVID list. So we'll have yeah. to see if he gets back for next week. But either way, I mean, I can't, I can't see myself ranking Metcalf any lower than around like wide receiver twenty-five, just based on the, the upside there. Mm. But yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about the Texans? Yeah, I mean, do we have anything notable to say? Uh, not really. I mean, okay. it, Davis Mills actually, you know, I don't know. He actually had a decent game. Um, you know, yeah. uh, the, the the backfield is a mess. It sounds like David Johnson's going to be back this week. Um, Royce mm-hmm. Freeman yeah. got a lot of run in this game, yeah. actually a little bit more run than Burkhead even. Uh, so don't rely on Texans in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, yeah. Brandon Cooks had a nice bounce back game, but um, he's still kind of 
that boomer boss wide receiver three. And uh, I just, uh, you know, let's not get too clever with the fantasy playoffs here. Now, uh, you know, this is just not a team that you want to be investing in really. Yeah, no. And if you didn't, if you didn't know that by now, that's, that's the takeaway. As, <laughs> yeah. as if you go into the, to the, into the fantasy playoffs. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Broncos 38 lions, 10, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the Broncos just run all over yeah. Detroit in this game. I mean, Which you know, is what we thought. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, Melvin Gordon, I kind of knew this could happen, that he could <laughs> end up getting more run than, than Javante Williams, but it really didn't matter because mm-hmm. there was plenty to go around for both of them in this game. Yeah. yeah. The question really will be what happens when they face tougher defenses and there's less pie to be shared. Um, right. You know, because, right. uh, because it really was um, kind of back to what we had seen earlier in the season in terms of the distribution, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pulling up the snap counts now. Um, Melvin Gordon, 50% of the snaps. Javante Williams, 49 So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just a very even split. They're both... Um, kind of same old, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Gordon maybe a little more of the running work and... Uh, Javante may be a little more active in the passing game, but mm-hmm. it's hard to say. I mean, both guys can do both things. They're both <laughs> really good players. As much as people want to, like, you know, pour dirt on the grave of Melvin Gordon, like, he's still a good football player, and mm-hmm. he's still helping this team win games, and they're in the, the midst of the playoff hunt. So um, I don't really see – and, you know, with Vic Fangio, old-school guy, likes his veteran players, I don't see um, this changing anytime soon. I mean, as long as both of these guys are healthy, I think – it's just back to square one here, really. Yeah, this is this is the same. This is the Broncos. You know, you're going to get, uh, you know, majority of usage coming from the, from the ground game. It's going to be split, and you're going to have pass catchers that never get more than six targets or like fifty yards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't you start know? any Bronco receivers. You can start both running backs, but yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what we've seen all season, really. Yeah. Yeah, with a little Javante Williams massive breakout little, game mixed yeah, in in between. A little sprinkle of Javante in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Extra Javante sauce. And then the Lions, I mean, the Lions are kind of a similar situation mm-hmm. to some of these other bad teams we've talked about. Um, they do have a little bit of fantasy intrigue. I mean, of, of course, the big question is, will they get uh, DeAndre Swift mm-hmm. back? Mm-hmm. Um, because he's the one player on this team that you're really excited to start week in and week out. Um, you know, uh with him out in this game and Jamal Williams also out on the COVID list, it was um, a very strange situation where it looked like Godwin Igwebuike mm-hmm. was going to be the guy, but then was it going to be Jamar Jefferson maybe? And then, and then Adam Schefter, uh, you know, goes on TV half hour before kickoff and says he's starting Craig Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And what are we supposed to do with that? And it does turn out that Reynolds is, the featured runner in this game and breaks off a couple of long runs and yeah. ends up with some nice looking fantasy stats. But I think the real takeaway is it's likely that either Swift or Jamal Williams, or maybe both mm-hmm. will be back next week. So I wouldn't be chasing uh, Craig Reynolds uh, no. on the waiver wire. No. Yeah. I, I have nothing to add to that. I agree <laughs> to that. <laughs> and we will talk about Amon Ross St. Brown uh, yeah. in the waiver wire. I mean, he has had 12 targets back to back weeks. Um, so, you know, maybe he's benefiting with uh, Hawkinson out, but um, we'll have to mm-hmm. see. Um, we'll have to discuss how we would compare him to some other uh, waiver wire options, and we will yep. do that shortly. Yep. All right. Uh, your Giants lose to the Chargers. They did the Chargers. 37 to 21. Uh-huh. Um, what, what's the, your takeaway there? Well, 
I did think that, I mean, Barkley walked away from this one with 95 um, all-purpose yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a success. And I thought that he would have a good day to, last week. So, um, but yes, also there is heavy booker usage. And so I think that, um, uh, as you know, when I made my little bold prediction or whatever last week, I was like, la, 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 la about Booker. <laughs> but, you know, Booker Booker is hanging in there and he is getting, um, you know, play. So uh, you can't really fully ignore Booker. Um, yeah, I also think he's one of the best handcuffs out there because mm-hmm. Barkley is yep. just very injury prone. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, you know, this, there's, I don't know. It's, you know, the Giants. Shepard returned. Um in this one um <laughs> and but it's still there's there's nothing to really get excited about kyle rudolph led the team in receiving he did he had 66 receiving <laughs> yards and again this is the second week in a row where i think it was evan engram you know leading it the uh, team in receiving yards last week so that just that's just what this giants team is and there's really nothing more more to to add to this I yeah think. i was a little I mean, disappointed in, in there I streamed the Chargers defense against them, and it wasn't quite uh-huh. as lucrative as I thought it might be. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I don't have anything to add on the Giants no, side. No. Um, on the Chargers side, however, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of drama going on with this team in terms of uh, their skill position players' uh, availability. I mean, Austin Eckler got hurt in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, he did end up having he did have some pretty decent fantasy numbers before he got hurt. So that's the good news. Maybe if you have him, you were able to survive and get into the playoffs and and mm-hmm. now uh hopefully he'll be back this week um if That's he's not Thursday night game though yeah so, yeah it's up yeah. in the air i mean the problem though is that that they don't have a clear-cut backup to him i mean yeah. it's really been a rotation all season long in this particular game it was uh joshua kelly and justin jackson splitting it right down mm-hmm. the middle um, once Eckler was out, but we've also seen Larry Roundtree at yeah. times this season. Um, I, you know, looking at the snap counts, it's been super weird. It's like they seem to like rotate the backup running back. Like each week, it's a different guy. Like it was, and they and they that guy always plays like 25, 20, 25 percent of the snaps. Like in week eleven, Roundtree played twenty five percent of the snaps. In week twelve, Kelly played twenty three percent of the snaps. In week thirteen, Jackson played twenty five percent of the snaps. So it's like literally they're just wrote. It's mm-hmm. like they're trying to keep the backup fresh, which I've never seen any team do before. But <laughs> that seems to be what this team is doing. So if Eckler's out, I, I can't with great confidence uh, recommend any of these guys because. Um, probably you would see Roundtree be active as well. So you'd have all three of them active and you wouldn't really know who was going to be the lead guy. And it would probably be some sort of committee. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, um, the numbers and the points that you made, you know, should just tell listeners, like you just want to avoid this because you don't know, um, you know, who it will be, how they're going to use these guys. And yeah, you know, maybe one of these guys goes off on, you know, a short week on Thursday night. Um, where they are they playing the Chiefs? I don't know. Who they're yeah, playing they're playing the Chiefs. Okay. Yep. Um, but that's something where I think you let someone else, you know, take that take that uh, flyer on that backfield because you know it's probably one of the most unreliable things you could do uh, in week 15 yeah and and the big picture thing to remember is that none of these guys are anywhere close to Eckler in terms of their Mm -hmm. skill level either so it's like I mean I would say Jackson of the three is probably the one who is the most similar skill set to Eckler but I mean obviously a far inferior version of it Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like Kelly and Roundtree are more like you know, early down kind of bruiser kind of back. So, um, I, you know, I, it's just, it, it's going to be a big drop off no matter what there, if Eckler can't suit up. 
Uh, and then the receiving game, I mean, that was interesting too with Keenan Allen out. Uh, it seems like Brandon Staley expressed optimism that, that Allen will be back for the yeah. Thursday night game, which would obviously be a huge thing. But um, if not, it's, you know, we didn't get a lot of resolution in terms of Jalen Guyton versus Joshua Palmer in this game because, um, you know, Palmer was the one who had more targets and more catches, um, but Guyton caught the big one and um, ends up with more yards. Uh, they both found the end zone. So, I mean, I think they're both interesting flex options if if Allen remains out. Um, but, you know, you can't really put one of them definitively ahead of the other at yeah, this point. No, I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, we have the uh, 49ers outlasting the Bengals. This was an interesting game. It went to overtime, 26 to 23. Uh, mm-hmm. Somehow uh, this game ends with a Brandon Ayuk touchdown. Uh, you know, we've talked before about Ayuk <laughs> being a little harder to trust um, yeah. when Debo Samuel and George Kittle are healthy. Uh, you know, this game, though, he was very active, 11 targets. So uh, I don't know if this is just, uh, you know, without Elijah Mitchell in there, they really – don't have the same kind of running game that they usually do. And they, they also seem to use Debo a lot more as a runner uh, when Elijah Mitchell is out. So maybe that's been the key for Ayuk. kind of like he, he, he needs either Kittle or Debo or Mitchell to be out to be fantasy viable. Does that make sense? Which honestly, he has a good shot at that. Yeah. Right. I know. (laughs) So it's not, it's not a bad setup. Right. Right. So, you know, but yeah, I think that's true. And that's what you've seen. And um, yeah, I think if, if someone is, is out of there, I think that you obviously are playing him with more confidence. But yeah, when he is in there, boom, you know, and you, yeah, you can get a little bit of a clarification in terms of um, who's in or out. And I guess you just kind of go from there in terms of deciding on Ayuk in terms of lineups. But um, yeah, Debo is back and, you know, I just, I kind of always like seeing him, you know, rushing for a touchdown again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Kittle's Kittle. Kittle's gone off. He's had like over 300 receiving yards in the past two He's games, incredible. Three touchdowns. He's like, just an incredible even, player. Just like insane. Um, well, he's so, definitely the number one tight end in my opinion going forward. Yeah. Like I would, I would easily take him over Kelsey or Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, he's just been even, you know, Gronk too. It's mm-hmm. like th- those guys are all good, but Kittle is on another level right now. He really is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, and then it's just kind of like, you know, that backfield. I don't know where we are with, with Elijah Mitchell, um, kind of heading in, into this coming week, but, um, I'm cautiously yeah, optimistic that he'll be able to return. I, you know, Jeff Wilson got 13 carries, um, he was fine, but it's just it's pretty clear there's a big drop off in ability from from Mitchell to Wilson, and we've sort of yeah. typically looked at San Francisco as like a plug and play situation. Um, mm-hmm. I still kind of feel like that, but the, I mean Elijah Mitchell is like a top ten running back when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson is barely a top twenty five running back. It's just yeah. there's a big difference in talent level there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then yeah, with Cincinnati, do you uh, what's your kind of takeaway if you have any? Uh, I mean, T. Higgins just continues to ball out. Jamar mm-hmm. Chase continues to ball out. I mean, you know, it's more of the same with those guys. It's just mm-hmm. 1A and 1B. You want to start both of those guys every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Mixon had a little bit of a, a disappointing game. I, You know, the problem is he is just not really getting involved in the passing game. That's yep, continued that's to be an issue. Yeah. And in a game like this where they um, do most of their damage through the air, 
it just means he has kind of more of a quiet game. But um, he's still like a re- every week RB1. I wouldn't sweat it too much. And, you know, he has the ability to catch passes. It's just they, they haven't always used him that way. They seem mm-hmm. to like um, using Samaj P. Ryan in obvious passing situations. Yeah. So that just is a little bit of, of a uh, – it's going to make Mixon a little more volatile, I would say, yeah. going forward. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's move on then. Uh, the Buccaneers, uh, this was another really great game. Buc- those those late 4 o'clock games were, were <laughs> phenomenal. Like, well, I had the split yeah. screen going with that Bengals 49ers <laughs> and Bucks bills Like, yeah. that was some great television. Like, yeah. you know, my, my wife's calling me to dinner. I'm like, not now, honey, not now, honey. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 33-27, to 27, the Bucks win. Uh, mm-hmm. This game also was in overtime. It ends on a... Brashad Perryman touchdown catch. Because of uh, course, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I I was I think I talked him up on the show. I mean, he was getting those snaps um, last week as the third receiver, and we have seen the third receiver in Tampa Bay uh, do damage. I mean, that was Antonio Brown for a lot of the season. Um, of course, that was Perryman's only catch of the game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm not saying like he's a must start or anything like that, but uh, this offense is just. You want pieces of it, you know what I mean? Like anything, anyone can go off in this offense at any time. Yeah, I mean, just the the Tampa Bay machine just keeps rolling, and uh, I don't have a ton to say here. It's just, um, and there's enough offense that goes around where, um, yeah, you you want a piece because you'll you'll get fed. Essentially. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, there's probably more to talk about on the Buffalo mm-hmm. side, especially because Emmanuel Sanders got hurt mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah. Uh, he has a knee sprain. I. He sounds like he's not going to play this coming week, and it could – I mean, a knee sprain could be a potentially multi-week injury, it sounds mm-hmm. like to me, especially yeah. for a player of advancing age like Sanders. Um, so I think that's a boost for Cole Beasley. He saw 11 targets in this game, nine catches, and it also makes Gabriel Davis uh, a very interesting waiver wire pickup this week. Yeah, I think so, and we can we can talk about that a little bit more. And I feel like I always talk about Dawson Knox, but he also saw his targets jumped. He had nine targets this week. Um, and so, yeah, I think that you'll see kind of more of these. Um, you, know, you always have Dicks kind of at the top there, but I think then a lot of that passing volume um, will get split between uh, these three players uh, moving forward. And you may, you know, I don't know, Josh, Josh uh, Allen – it was reported that he's playing with kind of a, a slight toe turf toe. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know if like kind of moving forward, if, um, you know, he wants to kind of get that ball out, you know, I definitely think you may see less mobility, um, you know, maybe in week 15, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that means that there is, uh, you know, kind of more, uh, passes going out or if you're relying on a backfield, but either way, um, I think that's something, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know they're not going to run the ball. I mean, this was like, you almost have to like adjust your glasses when you're looking at the stats in this game. You're like, Josh Allen had 12 <laughs> carries for 109 yards. Devin <laughs> yeah. Singletary had four carries. Matt Breida yeah. had three. Zach Moss had zero. I mean, yeah. like, they just, I don't think they, I, th- I think I saw some stat, like, they didn't hand the ball off to a running back a single time in the first half or something. Oh, really? Like, I could see that. Which yeah. is just nuts. I mean, like, yeah. this is just a, I don't know. It's sort of like, a, you know, a team that I feel like the Bills are a good team, but they would be a great team if they had a threat of a running game. But they they seriously haven't had that for the last couple of years. It's yeah. like kind of the one thing that this team is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see them making that a priority in the offseason to try, take a little bit of the pressure off of Josh Allen because mm-hmm. it's like literally all on his shoulders at this yeah. point. Um 
But yeah, I mean, this is like the two best quarterbacks in fantasy, and I don't think it's close at this point. I mean, Josh Allen and Tom Brady are the two top guys, and I, mm-hmm. I'd say there's a drop-off before you get to that next tier of guys. That, yeah, yeah, I agree. Know. All right. Uh, Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. The Packers 45, the Bears 30. Uh, the Bears gave them some fight in the first half, uh, mm-hmm. and then predictably the second half looked a lot more like Bears-Packers usually, usually looks. <laughs> um, yeah. So what are, what are your fantasy takeaways? Well, I think with Green Bay, you know um... – you know that backfield. You know it was like almost a close to fifty-fifty split, and um, in snaps, you know, we, not in touches, right? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I just, um, you know, we kind of talked about this and kind of moving forward with this team, and if you know, you will see, you know, maybe more Dylan or less Jones, or that just just becomes essentially less Jones, right? Yeah. Um, and so. I don't know. That was kind of interesting to see. Uh, Jones still, uh, he still scored. Did he have two touchdowns? He scored twice. Yeah, no, I mean, Jones <laughs> Jones is a really, really good football player. Like, when mm-hmm. I see him play, he looks exactly like he always has. Like, there's no drop-off. Mm-hmm. This isn't like an uh, Ezekiel Elliott situation where, like, he's still dealing with the injury. I mean, you know, Jones had a knee injury himself, but he looks totally fully healthy to me. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's like the same way that the Packers have in, if you look at like an individual game, they've liked to use Dylan like late in the game, like to, you know, grind the ball when they're up and, you know, kill the mm-hmm. clock and all that. It's kind of like the same thing in a bigger picture way with the entire season. It seems like they're leaning more and more towards Dylan as we get to like worse, colder weather. I mean, the weather in this game wasn't really a factor, but we're going to, it's going to be a factor Mm -hmm. uh, in Green Bay down the stretch. And Dylan is just, he's a huge haul. He's a huge back. I mean, he's just a, like linebackers dread having to face this guy, you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. um, as the weather gets worse and defenses wear down from injuries and fatigue and in the later stretches of the season here in December, uh, and early January, I think we're just going to see this heavy dose of Dylan more and more. And, you know, Jones can still, we, he showed in this game, he can still put up fantasy numbers with a limited number of touches, but it's going to be more volatile with him, I think, because it's, yeah. it's just, you have to expect Dylan to out uh, to get more touches than Jones week in and week out at this point. Yeah, I think you have to count for that, and you can't just be like, "Oh, well, no, this is really Jones's backfield," and kind of just be sleeping on this. It's like, no, it's it's not. And they do use Dylan. I think that you're right in terms of kind of as the season uh, rolls on, that he gets uh, relied on uh, probably a little bit more. And you know, he's in that passing game. He was 15 for 71 yards, and um, he's he's pretty impressive himself, Dylan. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. And um, in the passing game, you know, I mean, Devontae Adams, he is probably my favorite player in fantasy. I, um, I, I, you know, I've got him some places. I also benefited, you know, someone else that had him that I needed them to beat someone to get me into the playoffs. He, they, he uh, showed up huge for, for me in multiple, in multiple matchups uh, this yeah. week. And uh, last year I rode him to the championship with, a, I believe he had a three-touchdown performance in fantasy championship week last season. I mean, he's just an unreal talent. Um, and I, I feel like he's uh, he and Rodgers just have this incredible connection. And uh, I, he's the kind of player that could really um, carry people. He's a league-winning kind of talent. Um 
and behind him, you know, Alan Lazard uh, really stepped up. He could be the big uh, winner from Randall Cobb landing on IR, you know, because I think Valdez Scantling has a very kind of uh, limited sort of role in the offense, a stable but limited role. Um, mm-hmm. So it, there is room for that other kind of more possession receiver uh, type of guy. And in games where Rodgers has big passing numbers, like in this one, I think Lazard uh, could end up being pretty good as well, like he was this yeah. week. Yeah. What about um, with Chicago? What's your takeaways? You know, I mean, Justin Fields is learning on the job, you know, so mm-hmm. there's ups and downs. But from a fantasy perspective, this was quite nice, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, he just is, he's always putting up rushing numbers. I think he has at least 38 rushing yards in uh, all five of his full games, the last five full games that he's played in. I'm not mm-hmm. counting the game where he got hurt and Andy Dalton had to come in. Um, so, I mean, that, that gives him a high fantasy floor, you know what I mean? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Allen Robinson coming back and Fields back in the starting lineup, neither of those things are really good news for Darnell Mooney, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. um, he really dropped off um, based on that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not really excited about um, the passing game with the Bears right now. And mm-hmm. uh, with the running backs, it's all about David Montgomery. I mean, Damian Williams actually played ahead of Khalil Herbert in this game. So, uh, I had liked Herbert as a stash. I'm a little less excited about that now um, that it looks like Williams could be jumping him on the depth chart. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, Fields presents some upside. We've talked about that previously this season, but it's really, uh, in terms of kind of fantasy purposes moving forward, uh, Montgomery's kind of really only that, I think, most, most reliable um, offensive player for the Bears. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. All right, um, let's f- conclude here with the Monday night game. Uh, the Rams beat the Cardinals 30-23 to in Arizona. Big win for L.A. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford just put on a master class in this game, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do think Sony Michelle, uh, he didn't put up huge fantasy numbers, but he ran the ball pretty well. Um, and I just think he brings a different dimension to their team by having this bruising back. I, I you know, Daryl Henderson is on the COVID list, so he missed this game. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how the how the the, the carries and uh, snaps get split between Michelle and Henderson uh, going forward. Yeah, we've talked about that all season, so uh, we'll see once he's back. Um, and I think, too, I mean, one of my takeaways for the for the Rams here is that this offense can support all three of their wideouts. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, we've just had, since, you know, OBJ has um, kind of entered the the, uh, the offense here in L.A., um, you know, each week, you know, you have, you know, generally two, if not all three of these guys getting a touchdown and between him and obviously Cup and, and Van Jefferson. Um, and he may have, you know, regarding like OBJ, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think he's now he's become a more reliable fantasy player right now, I think, since moving to to the Rams. And I think we didn't really know necessarily what to expect. But I think that right now you can think that you can play him in fantasy lineups in the playoffs. And there's uh, a lot of upside to be had there, I think. And I think that's kind of been solidified. Yeah, I agree. I, I, no, I agree. I, I agree with your point that they can support all three for fantasy, but the way I've kind of um, looked at it is that one of them is a, it's a wide receiver one, one of them's a wide receiver two, and one of them's a wide receiver three. And we know cup is the wide receiver one. Right. I mean, he is, he's, he's the, the literal wide receiver one, like number one overall wide receiver. Um, 
and maybe number one overall player, you can make a case. Although mm-hmm. I guess Jonathan Taylor probably still takes that crown. Yeah. But um, we have had Cup at various points at number it's one close. overall, or I have anyway. Um, but I, I do think this game sort of showed a little bit of a shift um, towards Beckham away from Van Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. It just looks to me like um, now that Beckham is fully up to speed with the playbook, um, he just he he has a little bit more um, you know veteran savvy, and I think can probably be used in a little more uh, sort of um, flexible role where he can mm-hmm. run a lot of different r- routes and, you know, short and intermediate kind of stuff. And I feel like Van mm-hmm. Jefferson's going to be a little bit more of the field stretcher, um, maybe the deep the deep threat guy. So uh, he could be a little more boomer bust. Um, mm-hmm. So at this point, I think going forward, I'll probably be ranking Beckham more in that, like, wide receiver 20 uh, type of range and range. Van Jefferson will be a little bit further back. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, I think it's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. How about on the uh, Arizona side? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was kind of intrigued that there was such a heavy usage of uh, James Conner in the passing game. You know, he was nine for nine uh, in targets and 94 yards, just kind of in passing. And I thought that that was interesting. And I, you know, it, you know, there was talk of Edmonds possibly coming back this week. That didn't happen. Um, I don't know about, you know, week 15. But, um, you know, in terms of his usage, uh, there's just, you know, a lot of it in the in the passing game. And um, I wonder if that's something kind of moving forward that they stick to a little bit. Yeah. And they, I mean, honestly, they were already doing it. I mean, Connor has just been a revelation for this team. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I talked about last week that um, – he looks better than he ever did in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, he showed that in, on, in prime time in this game. I mean, right. made an incredible one-handed catch. He broke a tackle to get into the end zone uh, from from Aaron Donald, of all people, <laughs> who was his former teammate at Pitt. Um, so, you know, th- it's just he's playing out of his mind right now. And uh, I do think Chase Edmonds will be back next week, but uh, I don't really see how they could possibly give him more than, like, a you know, 30% of the snaps when Connor is playing the way mm-hmm. he's playing right now. So I, I think Connor is a locked in RB one rest of season, regardless of Edmonds. I, the only thing, the only thing I'll say about that is he does need to be, he does need to stay healthy. And um, at the very end of this game, both James Connor and Deandre Hopkins got banged up. Um, I was mm-hmm. kind of freaking out about that when I saw it. And then there's, you know, no discussion of it. Um, it, cause you know, it was right at the end of the game. So there's not a lot of discussion about it that happens and you have to kind of wait and keep refreshing Twitter and waiting for an update. But, mm-hmm. um, I did see this morning, I had to go to bed without knowing, and that was rough, but I did see this morning that both Connor and Hopkins, um, seem to have avoided a serious injury. So that's, that's good news. Cause I'm, I'm heavily invested in both of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, with the receiving game with Arizona, you know, it's kind of, uh, I, I thought this was a real like turn back the clock game for AJ Green. He looked phenomenal. Like he really looked good. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I Hopkins kind of could have had a much bigger game. He and he and Murray had a, a few near misses, including in the in the end zone several times. So um, I still think there's a ton of upside with Hopkins. But um, you know, I think you and I have talked before about Green versus Kirk, and I think this mm-hmm. does sort of solidify the fact that Green is really that that second receiver behind Hopkins mm-hmm. in this offense. And, um, you know, Kirk and, and Zach Ertz and Rondo Moore are all going to be a little less uh, yeah. reliable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps up the recap. Shall we jump into the waiver wire? Let's do it. All right. And we'll start, as we always do, at quarterback. Uh, again, we're talking about 
players who are rostered in 50% or fewer of Yahoo leagues, although we will occasionally talk about guys in that 50 to 60% range or maybe even a little above that, just if we want to make sure they're definitely on your radar. Um, so quarterbacks, uh, I mean, Taysom Hill is still only 50% rostered. I, I don't really understand that, but um, maybe just a lot of people have uh, checked out of their leagues or something. But Yeah, maybe. It's um, kind of what, I mean, would you... Like, just real quickly, I mean, how do you – because they're playing the Bucks this week. And, you know, like we said, like, last week, you know, he's he has been playing through this um, this mallet finger injury. But we're like, eh, that really shouldn't affect, you know, his week 14 because they were against the Jets. Um, but, you know, with Tampa Bay, you assume that there's going to be some passing involved. Do you, you know, are you concerned about that? Or do you think that he's – do you think they'll run? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit – Hill's a little bit more dicey this week, even though he has tons of – tons of rushing upside maybe that will make up for if there are maybe issues in the passing game. yeah no I, I i agree i i i am a little concerned about the matchup um but at the same time i, I can't really see playing any qb streamer over him i just think that mm-hmm. um he just uh, you know the, the bucks have a really strong run defense but uh, you know it's i don't know it, i'm not sure that with a quarterback running it's quite as clear cut as it is with a running back, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like so, a lot of his running is going to happen, uh, in, you know, scramble drill kind of stuff. So, um, you know, yeah. it, it might be a little harder for him to, uh, you know, run right up the gut than he, than it would be against the jets. I mean, a lot harder, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know. I still <laughs> feel like he's got that upside. Um, and I, and the rushing, I still think it gives him a pretty decent floor. So, um, so yeah, I would like, play him. Like QB1? I, I think he's like a low end QB one. Yeah. Like last week, I had him a QB seven against the Jets. Like this week, yeah. I'll probably have him more in that like QB 11, 12 kind of range. Yeah. I would guess, but yeah. I haven't done my rankings yet. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I'll turn that around to you. Like, mm-hmm. who's your favorite streamer uh, for this week, and would you play them over Taysom Hill? I think I would. So I. I I like I've got like kind of three streamers here that I like. I like Tua against um, the Jets, um, Big Ben versus Tennessee, and Garoppolo versus uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are all kind of solid streamer plays. Um, but I suspect that, well, I will have Hill ranked highest out of all of these four, and I would probably, um, I guess, I, I would probably play Hill over all of these. He, he'd definitely be ranked. Uh, highest yeah I mean maybe he's like you know he's a little more boomer bust perhaps mm-hmm. than they are like all those other guys and I have the same guys the only other one mm-hmm. I'd add to the list is Justin Fields um, oh yeah, yeah yeah so those are to me the top five um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah I mean I, I think those other guys are all like Fields is a little different but Roethlisberger Garoppolo Tua are all pretty good bets to like throw for like 250 yards and two touchdowns you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um they're not they don't have the ceiling anywhere close to the ceiling that Taysom Hill has you know like what Taysom Hill did last week I don't see those guys as capable of doing you know like Mm -hmm. that kind of fantasy production so um so yeah I mean if you're like a huge favorite like if you're favored by like 30 points in your matchup maybe you want to just play it safe and go with one of those guys instead um but I I think in the vast majority of situations where it's you're, you're a good team, but you're playing against another good team. Like, mm-hmm. Hill is the guy that could potentially carry you, you know? Because of the upside there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I, You know, I, I have actually Roethlisberger as my favorite of those other guys, though. Um, mm-hmm. And I know some people, like, a lot of people don't like 
Roethlisberger at this point as a fantasy asset. I mean, like clearly um, he has, you know, he is not the player he once was. But um, like I mentioned in the recap, I, I feel like he's kind of gotten something going um, with um, what they're what they're doing. Like they're just kind of um, doing that like hurry up offense and it's working out well. I mean, it's getting him back in his comfort zone, basically. Um, and, and he's actually, he's been the QB seven now over the last four weeks, he's QB nine, I think over the last six weeks. So this isn't like a one-off thing. Like he's been giving fantasy production for over a month now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, he's, he's been throwing, uh, you know, multiple touchdowns and, you know, for the past five weeks as well. So, you know, that probably speaks to what you were talking about earlier, kind of in that, that, uh, kind of, kind of short, kind of hurry up pass situation that he seems to have down to a T at this point in his career. And he's able to kind of successfully utilize that. Yep. And Tennessee is a pretty decent matchup Mm -hmm. and, you know, he just has really good pass catchers. I mean, uh, you know, he's got, um, Deontay Johnson is a a true alpha, uh, target magnet. Um, Claypool is, you know, obviously incredibly talented. I mean, he can be inconsistent, but, uh, but he's, he can really make huge plays. Uh, James Washington is actually pretty talented player himself. He's been buried on that depth chart for most of his career, but, um, he, he's pretty good for a backup. And then, you know, obviously Najee Harris is uh, one of the better pass catching backs in the league. So there's just a lot of weapons for Roethlisberger. So Mm -hmm. even though he's not what he once was, I still think he's a very viable streamer. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and then, you know, two and, 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 and Garoppolo, I actually have fields ranked ahead of them, but it, it kind of just depends what you're looking for. I just, I do think fields, I mean, he gets that Minnesota defense that's, uh, really struggled in terms of their secondary. So, um, there should be opportunities in the passing game, but I also just think fields is kind of that rushing floor. It's like he, if he's giving you 40 rushing yards a game that's basically like an extra touchdown just built in before you even start you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so to me that uh he's definitely more volatile but um but i i I like the uh the upside and the floor with with fields yeah i can see see that yeah so you like two of the best though would of those of that group um They're honestly, they're all kind of equal. I like, I will have them probably ranked back to back to back. Uh, yeah. Um, possibly to, uh, cause I have two a last, but I don't feel mm-hmm. like strongly about it. I just, mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like, especially against the jets, like, I don't know. It, co- it sort of comes down to their running back situation. Cause like, but right. They're all on COVID. They're all on the COVID list right now, but, <laughs> um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Malcolm Brown in a minute. I think he could come back. Um, I I just think any running back can run against this team. So yeah, I mean I think that that's the the um, kind of downside there is that if they do rely on that running game, but I don't know. I feel like they're coming out of a bye, and you know they I don't know to play well. Um, you know last time we played the Jets, I just and with with all their like running backs on the COVID list right now, I just I, I it may be more of a you know kind of a Waddle Gasecki maybe a Parker air game it could be but yeah yeah i feel like i mean that is yeah the downside of of the jets is that you go run heavy yeah i mean i feel like two is pretty likely to um put up decent numbers i just don't Mm -hmm. really see a a huge ceiling there i guess i mean all three of these to a certain extent or for the most part are kind of coin flips but they're all they're all right there for me yeah i just Um, feel like roethlisberger has a little more ceiling um garoppolo hasn't like he always throws for two touchdowns and never for three, it seems like. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, Atlanta's a really nice matchup, and 
I feel like they might be able to keep the game competitive a little longer than the Jets will with the Dolphins. So that might allow uh, or force Garoppolo to throw a little bit more than yeah. Tua has to. Yeah. Um, and then I, the one wild card I will mention is Tyler Huntley. I mean, if we find out that Lamar Jackson is out, um, then Huntley, I don't know. It's going to be hard to figure out how to rank him because <laughs> he has that rushing upside. Like he, yeah. he, you know, he, he plays the same style as Lamar Jackson. Um, and, uh, and he is a pretty, pretty fast guy himself. It's not yeah. a great matchup though. Um, so I would probably not have the courage to do that in a, in a fantasy playoff matchup. No, and certainly not in, in like a kind of a, a single quarterback league. But um, yeah, I I mean, I I don't yeah I don't know that I would I would uh, have the confidence to do that either. Yeah, okay. and I think it's honestly I think I think Lamar Jackson is going to be playing now. What percentage of Lamar Jackson we see, you know, I don't know, but I I. I would be kind of surprised uh, to see Huntley this week. Yeah, especially since they lost. I mean, they mm-hmm. they're kind of like in a tough situation and now, and they're playing Green here. Bay. It's not going to yeah. be an easy game, so they kind of they need surprised. Lamar Jackson really. Yeah. 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 Okay. How about at running back? I mean, talk to me. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, <laughs> first of all, Michael Carter is sixty three percent rostered, which is uh-huh. uh, you know uh, higher than our our level. But I want to make sure that he's on rosters. Like he he has to be picked up if he's available. Um, he's uh, expected back from IR this week. And uh, I think he pretty clearly will step right back into the lead back role with the Jets and maybe provide some like low end RB2 value the rest of the season. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then Ramondre Stevenson is 56%. Uh, he's another guy that really is a must roster player. Um, Keep in mind that Damian Harris tweaked his hamstring in the last game before the bye. And oh, yeah. when, when teams go on bye, you never hear anything about that kind of stuff until like, the Tuesday or Wednesday after the buy, so um, we we might we'll probably get some update on Harris probably Wednesday this week um, to see if he's practicing. But yeah. I mean, they have a tough matchup with the Colts; like they're a really good mm-hmm. run D. But it doesn't matter. I mean, if Harris was out, you would be slam dunking uh, Stevenson into your lineup as a mm-hmm. RB one anyway. So um, yeah. he's really a, a, a must roster guy in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. As far as more widely available guys, I mean, I, I guess you have to start with Rashad Penny. Uh, he's twenty one percent rostered. He's coming off a 137-yard, two-touchdown game. Um, that was against the Texans. This week he gets the Rams. So uh, I think he could be a trap. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he has to be He has to be picked up if he's available at this point. Yeah. And behind that you get Chicago and Detroit, which is assuming all, you know, if, if he stays as that, that lead back, that's, that's pretty good. That's true. That's true. So you could pick him up and keep him on your bench and mm-hmm. see if he does it. A, if he has another good game, then you could be confident starting him yeah. against those lesser defenses. Yeah. After that, I, you know, it's, it gets messy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like, like I said, Malcolm Brown uh, is expected to return to practice this week. Uh, they get the jets um, at home coming out of their bye. So, <laughs> I mean, he if if Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, and Philip Lindsay all stay on the COVID list, then I think Brown becomes a viable starting play, a one week plug and play kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I hope Gaskin's back. Um, I mean, he was placed on the COVID list like about a week ago, so mm-hmm. um, you'd think he he might have enough time to get back. But you know, obviously, 
we're in a pandemic and these things are unpredictable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Especially now they've become extra unpredictable yes. with the number of players yes. getting COVID in the last week. <laughs> the COVID twist here. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that doesn't determine all fantasy championships this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then after that, I mean, I like I mentioned Dearness Johnson, I think with, with Kareem Hunt week to week um, mm-hmm. and likely to miss this week, I think Dearness Johnson um, – has some like RB three flex appeal. Uh, and then of course he's also, you know, a, a handcuff that's of interest after, even after hunts back. So, yeah. um, I, cause he's been really good when he's been given a chance to play. And then I feel similarly about the, the Philadelphia backs. I mean, all yeah. those guys like can be good if given the opportunity, you just don't know who's going to get the opportunity. So it's Boston Scott at 22%, mm-hmm. Jordan Howard at 8%, Kenneth Gainwell at 13%. They're all pretty widely available. I think the first one I'd go to would probably be Howard. I just have a feeling if Miles Sanders, and again, Miles Sanders also injured his ankle uh, before the bye, yeah. re-injured his ankle. Yeah. So we haven't heard much on him, although I did read that he uh, is expected to play this week. Um, I saw an article that said that a few days ago. Yeah. So um, we'll have to see for sure, though, until yeah. until he starts practicing. You don't really know. Uh, one way or the other um but i do think even if sanders plays howard seems to be like the the one a to sanders um when everybody's healthy but it is going to be a little bit unpredictable so i don't know i mean it's a good matchup against washington but might be hard to trust yeah i I always say i think that's such an intriguing backfield and you kind of forget about them because philadelphia was on their bye last week um but yeah, you have that Washington Giants, Washington, and um, if anything, I mean, you, you need to pick, um, you know, I think these guys up though, just to see how how that that usage uh, goes, because again, you've got such a favorable um, matchup rest of season, essentially. Yeah, Washington and Giants, assuming, Washington. You know, if people, yeah. I mean, we've always you know had to like rotate. There's always been an injury amongst one of these players, but um, the, something that I don't know, kind of have to figure out as you go. Yeah. But, yeah. They're worth rostering. Stash them yeah. and see. Yeah. Stash them. Yeah, but maybe yeah, not sure. plug and place. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about Mike Davis. I think he'd be my next choice mm-hmm. after that group um, just because he is playing more snaps than Cordero Patterson right now. And they get Detroit in week 16. So, yeah. um, you know, that could be a uh, a smash spot for, mm-hmm. for Corey Davis or for Mike Davis, I should say. Yeah. 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 I like it. I just hadn't realized that. You know, he in week twelve he had um, kind of sixty nine all purpose yards, a touchdown, and then he had eighty six yards. Uh, you know, last week, and um, yeah, in that that Detroit, that's a thing. It's like I think circle in that that Detroit uh, matchup because um, that could be good. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then beyond that, I mean, you know, Corey Clement. If Tony Pollard um, turns out like he's going to be out longer, then I think Clement is probably worth stashing. I mean, you know. If you have the bench space, I mean Pollard and Zeke are both banged up, so um, it's possible he could he could see some action. But I wouldn't call him a priority ad, and I'm I'm pretty much avoiding uh, you know going for any of those other Detroit guys, including Craig Reynolds. I'm probably staying clear of the uh, Chargers backups as well. I just you know this is the fantasy playoffs. You shouldn't have to start a Craig Reynolds or a Justin Jackson. Um, hopefully, if you got to the playoffs, you have better options than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think in terms of just kind of stashing, we had talked about um, Devontae Booker, yep. right, in terms of just kind of a high 
upside play yep. if something happens to uh, Barkley. Um, and then what do you think about Amir Abdullah? You know, I mean, he is kind of the back involved in the passing game. You know, Carolina has a tough schedule moving forward. Um, do you think he could end up having a little bit more value than um, Hubbard moving forward, given I think he has Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and then New Orleans? Yeah. I mean, I think that Buffalo and Tampa Bay games seem more like Abdullah games than Hubbard mm-hmm. games, um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, teams that are hard to run against and that have good offenses where um, you're likely to be playing from behind. Um, I just think Abdullah is the better pass catching back and Hubbard is more of the, the, the back who will do well in games where they're ahead and they're running a lot. Um, I mean, New Orleans will probably, that will probably be like a low scoring game, but they're also a really hard team to run on. So uh, Hubbard probably won't be a great play in that one either. So yeah, yeah I feel like that that's more of a reason for me to avoid Hubbard though, than to necessarily mm-hmm. start, uh, rely on, on Abdullah. You know, Abdullah. I, th- I think the upside for Abdullah is like JD McKissick basically. So mm-hmm. um, that's if like everything goes right. But um, I, in PPR, he might be able to have some RB three flex value, but um Big picture, I mean, we're in the fantasy playoffs. Like, hopefully you have a better option. So, um, yeah, I mean, what I'm mostly looking to do in my leagues is, like you said, stash these high high upside backups. So it's Booker, Ronald Jones, Samaj P. Ryan. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Herbert. I'm a little less excited about now because of that uh, reemergence mm-hmm. of Damian Williams. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you want to look deeper. I think Marlon Mack. Too. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor got hurt, I think Mac would step into the early down role with Naeem Hunts being the passing down guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that team can definitely run the ball. So, you know, in deeper leagues, I think you can look at him as well. Yeah, I, see, I can see that. All right, how about wide receiver? Who are your favorite pickups? Um, there are a couple. You know, I guess my first kind of, I think not by by a mile or anything, but is is KJ Osborne. You know, in Minnesota, I think that he um, he is has kind of stepped up into that that wide receiver two role with Thielen out. It looks like Thielen, um, you know, Thielen could miss this week. And, um, you know, Osborne has had, you know, back to back games with a touchdown and seen at least seven targets. Um, they get Chicago this week. So I think there's vo- what I like is there's volume and there's um, kind of touchdown upside here, which I don't think you always get with waiver wire, um, you know, kind of guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I also like Gabriel Davis. We talked about him earlier with with Sanders out. Sanders has been, you know, um, I think he was declared week to week. Um, and, you know, you know, Alan may rely more on this pass game with his with his turf toe. And, you know, Gabriel Davis has touchdown in back to back games. Um, he also has seen, uh, you know, he had eight targets last week uh, once Sanders, uh, you know, Sanders went out. And so he, I think, is a clear beneficiary there. Um I think in terms of players, you know, Russell Gage is still out there. He's only rostered in 53% of leagues. Uh, He's getting targets. He's getting yardage. Uh, He doesn't have an ideal matchup this week against uh, New England, but he is kind of the the number one receiver in in the Falcons offense. Um, I think you start kind of getting less – like those are like my most confident. uh, Did you mention Devontae Parker? Um, I've no, oh no, 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 yeah. he escaped me. No, yeah, I mean, no. he's only 45% rostered and he gets the Jets. Uh-huh. So he's actually my number one pickup of okay. the week. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly just because I think he could be just a, a, a wide receiver three for the rest of the season. Whereas, like, um, my next two guys are Osborne and Davis, Gabriel mm-hmm. Davis. Um, mm-hmm. I just, those two guys are a little more uncertain in terms of like their shelf life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think um, Osborne, I, 
I really feel good about him this this week because I don't think Thielen's going to make it back th- this week. Um, but after that, I'm he he could go back to the bench. And then um, Gabriel Davis, same kind of thing. We don't know how long Sanders is going to be out, so um, that's the main thing there. But that's certainly an offense you want to invest in. So and Davis mm-hmm. is a talented player. I think he he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity since he's been drafted, but um, he can make some big plays for that team potentially. So those would be my top three. Mm-hmm. Um, Gage, if you count him, would also be in that group for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, I think there's a bit of a drop off. I mean, yep. I, I yep. you know, I like Bateman as a stash, but I don't really trust him unless we know Watkins is going to be out and we know Lamar Jackson's going to be in. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, mm-hmm. 12 targets in back to back weeks. He's 12 percent rostered. So I guess 12, it's like his lucky number. Mm-hmm. Um but I do expect that 12% roster ship to go up quite a bit after this last week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, with if Hawkinson comes back, um, it's it could, you know, he's probably not going to get that kind of target share uh, going forward. And um, he's not really a touchdown guy, so he's he's definitely more of a PPR name to file away, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was like, eh, no, it's like more Josh Reynolds. I th- you know, thought he was the more reliable, um, you know, receiver there. Um, but you can't ignore kind of back-to-back 12-target games. Um, again, there's not like a ton of upside there, but uh, you can't ignore that. Yeah, I'd probably still take Reynolds over Amon Ross, St. Brown in, in a mm-hmm. non-PPR format, yeah. but I think in PPR, it's St. Brown. I would think so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and I also kind of clump him with Laquan Treadwell, uh, those two together a little bit. Um, you know, in Jacksonville, again, we've talked about this earlier, how this is kind of a nightmare of an offense, but, um, you know, he has had at least you know 50 50 uh receiving yards and at least five um targets in the past three games he gets houston this week mm-hmm. again I, I don't i don't think that there is you shouldn't count on any touchdown upside here but for whatever reason now this this is the guy in uh you know urban um <laughs> urban myers you know receiving core that is being targeted right now so um you know, so I think he's he's seeing targets, he's getting volume. Uh, he has a he has a good uh, matchup against Houston this week. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'd probably yeah, prefer like days. an Alan Lazard or a Donovan Peoples Jones um, if I have to go that mm, deep. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. You know, I just I just don't want to rely on a Jacksonville wide receiver in my fantasy playoffs. Yeah. You yeah, know, I if can I can pause. I, I mean, Detroit too, but at least like I don't know that team at least shows some uh, some juice sometimes offensively. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's That's Jacksonville's true. just so so disastrous right now, um, but yeah, like I, I already talked about Lazard. I think with Cobb on IR, that um, mm-hmm. that Lazard gets a boost, and they play Baltimore this week. The, the Ravens have struggled against the pass all season, but it's even worse with Marlon Humphrey out. So um, I think there's there's potential there. I mean, you know, Lazard is you know not the top. He, you know, he's not going to see a ton of targets, but. Um, I, I, that's just an offense that you feel good about, um, investing in. And then yeah. people's Jones, I don't know. There's just a lot of opportunity like we, you know, in Cleveland. Um, and, uh, he's a kind of, he's a very talented player. So, um, but you know, ideally you're not having to go that deep, um, with the playoffs mm-hmm. on the line. Yeah. Yep. Uh, tight end, you know, it's kind of the same names, it's, isn't it? I it's mean, terrible. This I feel like it's really kind of ugly, actually. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, Conklin is probably the best, yeah. the best option at forty-seven percent. I mean, uh, I would be willing to give him another shot because um, he had a quiet game, but um, I still think he he 
could see more uh, more looks with Thielen out. Yeah, maybe. I kind of was starting to fade him just because he's had um, only one game with more than three targets in the past four weeks. Wow. Which, okay. Yeah, that's um, not good. I know. And I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I do, I do like Hooper. Yeah. The most, but that's only if Njoku and Bryant are out. Yeah, um, I mean, I kind of assume that Njoku yeah. will be back because he was know, just on the I COVID f- list. Um, I, uh, yeah, although I, so I guess we don't know for sure. And then I haven't heard an update on Harrison Bryant's uh, injury, but yeah. um, you still get probably you can bank on <laughs> probably six targets from Jimmy O'Shaughnessy, you know, in, yeah. in Jacksonville. But again. <laughs> You know, your points that we were talking about with Jacksonville, uh, but, you know, you get to get Houston. He literally, you can probably bank on six targets from him, but probably no touchdowns. Yeah, I would probably um, be more okay relying on him than Treadwell just because it's tight end. You know yeah, what I, I mean? Like, that. it's just yeah. the, the bar is a lot lower at tight end. Um, Gerald Everett, too. I mean, like, he, yeah, yeah, he's Everett. total touchdown or bust, but, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, <laughs> at tight end, Honestly, that, that's okay. I, I, yeah, I I feel like he's had more consistent play than DK Metcalf on that offense yeah. since. Well, I don't know about consistent. Back. He's but he's like Evan Ingram. He he makes a lot I think of bone. He's a little plays. better than Evan Ingram, but um, he's he's heavily heavily featured in the in in, in the end zone. Yeah, in Seattle. So, I um, mean, he did have like that game where he had like two fumbles and like handed a, over an interception too. So <laughs> he, he did, but there is opportunity there I for think. sure. And um, I wish that I. You know, I wish there was a little bit more clarity in, in, in Washington, yep. um, you know, because you're playing the Eagles and that's always a, a defense you want to target with with tight ends because yep. uh, they just can't not give fantasy points to tight ends. Um, but it's really a little makes it murky with, you know, John Bates. And I don't know how he's going to be, you know, how those two are going to be used, uh, but it's a prime matchup. So if you want to take a shot there that's worth taking a shot on as well. But it is a little dicey. Yeah, I think I would actually be willing to take a shot on Seals-Jones before Mm -hmm. I would go to Gerald Everett or James O'Shaughnessy. Um, But not over Conklin or Hooper. I think those those two, to me, are... I may may take Seals-Jones over Conklin this week Uh. just because I've just been feeding him. But, um, yeah, it's not pretty. None of these these names are, are pretty... Um, yeah, hopefully you so have George. Kittle. Keep that in mind. Yes, <laughs> hopefully you've got some other other options there. But yeah, that's that's the tight end lens, landscape of this week. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, defensive landscape. That's a little mm-hmm. little bit better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Miami defense yeah. is available in fifty two percent of leagues, and they get the Jets. So coming out of their bye at home, I mean, that's a that is that's a perfect one. perfect matchup. They might. They were like a top three overall defense for me probably this week. I'll have to see when I do my rankings. Yeah, that's number one. Um, Philly is a defense I've been stashing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at home against Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think Heineke is always a decent bet to turn the ball over. So, um, so I like the Philly defense there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Browns uh, play the Raiders on Saturday in Cleveland, and mm. that Raiders offense is just really been struggling so and cleveland has some real playmakers on that defense so you know i, I don't hate that one either mm-hmm. what, what about in a like a terrible team versus a terrible team do you want to take either of the offenses of jacksonville and or houston <laughs> i'm i'm <laughs> out steering clear i'm staying clear i'm staying <laughs> okay. clear i just if i have to take one of them i guess i would take jacksonville just because i think their defense is a little bit better than houston's uh-huh. but yeah, um i yeah i don't really 
I don't want any offensive ugly. or defensive players in that yeah. game. <laughs> it's just like, can that game just not happen? Uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding. I have James yeah. Robinson in my dynasty playoffs, so I definitely want the game to happen. But yeah. um, no, other. I think Minnesota against the Bears is a good matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll probably give up some points, but they could also get a bunch of sacks and turnovers. Uh, so I, I, you know, it kind of some of this comes down to your scoring system because um, mm-hmm. that does vary from league to league, like. The Colts, for example, are a defense I like in system in in um, formats where it's all about points allowed and not turnovers because they're facing the Patriots who take good care of the football. So um, mm-hmm. I don't expect uh, them to give up a ton of points to the Patriots, but I also don't think they're going to get a lot of uh, you know sacks and interceptions and fumbles. So it's kind of um, yeah. you need your settings to be more focused on points allowed to consider Indy. I think. Um, Whereas, like, yeah. if it's the if it's the reverse, like Minnesota, you know, I think Minnesota gets those turnovers and sacks, but gives up the points. I, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really good point, and I think in terms of also that 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 points allowed defense, I feel like you could play Cincinnati against yep. Denver. They're the other week. one I would mention too. That's the, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So actually, there's a it's another week where I think there's a lot of widely available streaming options, and mm-hmm. this is just what defenses are. You know, it's like it's so. It, it's at least half of their value is based on the team they're playing against. So that's why I mm-hmm. dropped the Patriots in one league. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's really about the matchups. Yeah. Agreed. All right. I think that that about wraps for today. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, please do check out our website, rosrankings.com. You can see our updated rest of season top 300 there uh we'll also have our start sit articles for you towards the end of the week uh at the site uh you can follow me on twitter at andrew underscore seifter and you can follow me at lk auerbach and as always if you can rate review like subscribe ring that bell uh whatever whatever you have to do whatever's there you know clearly i don't know what's going on but uh, do it we appreciate (laughs) it (laughs) yeah uh we appreciate it we appreciate you doing that in advance we uh appreciate you listening and we will talk to you guys later in the week see ya you've been listening to the rest of season rankings podcast Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.